growing your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Meese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Okay, guys, we are here for another great episode. Thank you for joining me. We are with a wonderful beauty boss that you are going to want to learn from, and it is Lanzea Van Dusen. And so, Lanzea, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you, April, for inviting me. I'm so excited to get to know you and your audience more. I am a beauty industry veteran, if you will. I've been in the beauty industry nearly 20 years. I began as a hairstylist and worked behind the chair, had a successful business there, went into education. I have always been the, the, you know, the person who like loves to teach others. It brings me passion. And anyone who knows me knows for decades, I've said my favorite quote is when one teaches to learn. And so I knew that I wanted to teach because through teaching, I gain a better understanding. And so I became a educator with a color company and then managed their education department and now am the brand director here in the U.S. And it's been a crazy whirlwind of an experience. And I just feel so grateful for having this opportunity and and truly with a company that I I believe it that is they're doing the right thing in the right arena. And along that, I am also a wellness mama. And so I've done fitness coaching and I've been an athlete. And so I'm just, you know, I I love things that are holistic. Of course, given my position, I've done lots of business training and leadership training. And and so I'm a hodgepodge of beauty and business. (laughs) I love it. I love that. And I love that quote, when one teaches to learn. I'm going to have to quote you on that. That's so, so good. So good. Okay. So when we were talking before, I love that you have studied Brene Brown's work. She speaks my love language. I listen to her podcast sometimes in the morning when I go for my jogs and just everything. And I I love everything about her. And I love that you um, know her work and can also convey that to my audience because I think it's such a special time right now where we're going through a time where some beauty businesses are, you know, shut down still. Some have opened up, but I've heard a lot of my audience say, look, I'm going back and I don't have that same spark. I don't have that same drive. And some of them feel torn because, you know, they were with their kids and they enjoyed all that kind of downtime and family life and now getting back. You know, there's so many different emotions with this, right? And so I know you can help them with some words of wisdom on how to kind of navigate through this new journey. Oh, well, (laughs) I don't know that I have words of wisdom outside of, I hope that through my learning and my ability to, you know, say that outward, that there's a lesson in it for them. You know, I really hope to always be able to say something that makes an impact that maybe shortens the distance between their understanding only because I, I happen to have stumbled upon it. And so, yeah, I, 
I love that we have this mutual respect, you know, admiration for Brene because she, I mean, I just call her like optimal queen, right? And and I consider her a mentor, although I don't know her personally. The company that I'm partnered with allowed me an opportunity to go through two of her programs. And now because of that, one of one of the facilitators, so her company has 500 global facilitators in the Dare to Lead. And because of my relationship and having gone through that program, I was given an opportunity to put together another mastermind. And so now I'm digging back through that work nearly three years later, a different person, a different woman doing different things. And I don't think that the work is ever done. I think we continue to reevaluate who are we, where are we, and where do we have room for improvement, right? And then you know, working with someone, I say everyone is everyone should have a coach. So having someone that helps you continue reevaluating and checking those metrics and remembering to put our goals first. So with feelings, gosh, I mean, we're supposed to have feelings. All of them are were given to us. I mean, think about it. Even if you go all the way back to, you know, caveman times, I mean, we've been here for thousands of years. Our feelings, our intuition, uh, they keep us safe. They're meant for survival. They are meant to, you know, steer us in the right direction, allow us to do everything from not eat unsafe foods to, you know, run from the saber-toothed tiger. Like we're meant to have the full range of feelings. And I think that in our world, there's been a huge amount of shame around anything that isn't mediocre or above, you know, like I'm okay or better. So with that being said, you know, there's been a lot of shame around anything that's not, how are you doing? You have to do okay or better. And we don't open the floor. We don't hold space for people having these. Yes, we know they're lower vibe emotions. Nobody likes to be there, but they're real. And we're going to be there sometimes. And we have to have a way of identifying what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And get back into a place in which we know our power to shift that. You know, Mm -hmm. what can I implement that can move me out of this space? And I don't pretend to be the teacher of all those things. My goodness, there, I mean, go out there. There are so many humans doing incredible things. Of course, I have practices I help people maybe think of how can you shift to that joy or that higher vibe emotion quickly. But the most important thing is having dialogue around, we experience these emotions are not us. I am not anxious. I feel anxiety. I am not happiness. I feel happy. And so to remember that they don't own us, they are here and they are, they can be fleeting and they can be, you know, we can be triggered to feel them more immensely for a longer duration of time. But at the end of the day, they're all emotions the human experience is supposed to have. And I think that's where you have to start the conversation when we're talking about where are you today? So good, because I remember at the beginning of the pandemic last year, I know it was such a wave of emotions, but I really did not handle it well in terms of like, I panicked when the, well, I didn't panic at the beginning, but when I saw the food supply being like turned off, then I started to wonder as a mom for my family. And then I also started, you know, as we were homeschooling the girls, seeing like that, you know, the anxiety and the emotions that they were having. And then, you know, having some disagreements, my husband, and there was just a lot. And I remember probably in the fall, and, and this was when we were like, okay, it's not just going to miraculously get better. In fact, it might get a little worse before it gets better. And I had broken out in hives over 
my whole body, right? And that had never happened to me before. And I'm sitting in the doctor's office and he says to me, well, obviously there's some internal things happening. You're stressed. And then he says, do you think you might be a little depressed? By the way, I'm bawling (laughs) and I cry easy. So that's not any surprise, but I am an empath. I cry at commercials. It's not new news, but I'm bawling in the office. And then he's like, do you think you might be a little depressed? And I was like, maybe, (laughs) And but I didn't want, and then he was like, well, you know, we could put you on medication. And I was just like, I, I didn't want to say I am depressed. Right. But I love that idea of, I feel depressed. And For me, and I know a lot of people, you know, do what you have to do to get yourself out of it. For me, I needed to know that I needed to take control in other ways because I don't want to get on medication that might continue to affect me or feel like I can't get off the medication. So for me, I knew that was my breaking point of something needed to change. And I needed to say, you know, look, I'm going through this too. Because I think up until that point, I also felt like I needed to be the strong one for my girls, for my students, for, you know, the community, I needed to kind of lead them through this. And then I was like, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't even know. I can barely lead myself, let alone lead these people. So I love that what you just said on just to allow yourself to feel, because even though I thought I was controlling it, I wasn't. And my body showed me that I didn't have, you know, a handle of it. And, and then it was, you know, it was like, okay, here, you have to deal with this. And now, you know, move forward. And so I was able to do that. And so what would be some steps that you would give or are there ways of navigating it? Because it is new territory for most of us. My gosh, you just said something and I was seeing if I could just like open up in my journal and see if I had it around that perfectionism thing, right? And because I can, that resonates with me, that idea that, oh gosh, I, I know that I'll find it here. Oh, that shame drives it's something about in the passengers because it is so impactful when and this was just a recent thing i feel like i've heard her say it and somebody's in the passenger seat but shame is driving or something like that yep and yes and we'll have to find it somewhere because just the fact that when we experience that shame, the shame always comes from like these two ideas of like, I'm not enough. And who do you think you are? Right. And so when it's not like when it's, there's not an, I'm not enough tagline to it. Like, who do you think you are? We can, we can actually induce shame by thinking like, who am I to complain when, and we can all think of a laundry list of humans that are impacted in ways that show us our many, many blessings. And so we can trigger shame thinking, how dare we be feeling this emotion of feeling depressed or feeling this emotion of feeling lonely or feeling this emotion of being happy, of being thankful. Like there are, I have some friends that say they're scared to talk out in the world because this is their favorite like they are loving what life actually looks like right now for them, right? And they feel bad because they know that it's not attributed to something positive going on out in the world. And so, again, I think that having that awareness and, and if you want to ask the, uh, you know, a, a question again, because I don't think I answered it directly as much as I really just envision like having this understanding that we can, these emotions again are meant to just be the first trigger 
to make us aware of what's showing up in that space. Yeah, because I think you had said something before about how can they feel the feelings, acknowledge the feelings, and still move forward to say, okay, but now what does my life look like? Or, you know what I mean? And, and if I'm feeling these feelings, does this mean that I'm going in the wrong direction, right? Because these feelings are coming up. So they want to acknowledge these feelings. And now they're also questioning, you know, am I on the right path? Or, you know, they're just questioning a lot of things. And I think there's just an overall, you know, I don't want to say insecurity, but just like doubt. And, you know, the ground has definitely been shaken. Yes, absolutely. And yes, so Brene calls it grounded confidence is what she talks about. And really like that's, so when we look at the external problems, the reality is the only thing we often are in control with is how we react to them. Like our uh, allowance of how they show up in our life. More times than not, we have no power in the external circumstance. And so when we think about that, then we think, well, then all the work we have to do is within, right? And so this grounded confidence is knowing, having certainty that, you know, she references it one way. I'm going to put like my Lindsay spin on it because I'm a little bit woo, right? Like she's a researcher. I'm a beauty professional who has found that these practices, both in leadership and in life, have like just absolutely been transformative for me. So when I look at grounded confidence, that's that knowing that certainty of self. It's just understanding what your core values are, having clarity there, and also giving yourself permission. Nobody gets to this point with perfection. So it's not to say like, oh, and I'm so perfect, I'm going to judge. It's this, you know, grounded confidence of knowing. So we are going to then have the rumbling skills. So it really is having this like higher level language to converse with other people to have this community that can be your mirror and you know all the ways that they're going to talk to you and then put that into practice over and over and over again for choosing to you know behave differently so it's like you have the awareness you have these amazing skills these rumbling skills that help you to show up and practice differently And you repeat that over and over and over. You put those skills into practice and that's hugely impactful. Yeah. And what are those skills though? What are the skills that they're putting into practice? Because I feel like a lot of them, when they feel like they lost their way, you can't think of the skills. I remember the whole story of my daughter getting whooping cough when she got her final vaccine for whooping cough. Okay. That's another story of when she was getting a vaccine for both whooping cough and the flu at the same time. There's a lot of stories in that story. And one of the stories is that I didn't stand up for myself and I didn't stand up for her to the doctor to say, look, I think we're giving like too many vaccines because of her history, because she had had earlier reactions from vaccines when she was a baby. And so from there, we had spaced them out. My other daughter, her twin sister, fine, no problem ever. But I, I didn't advocate for her because this was a doctor and it was a new doctor and that type of thing. Anyway, so she, now she has whooping cough and she's choking and she turns blue and she loses her air, right? This is, she was four or five. And so to see your child turn blue, I could not remember where the phone was. 
You know, it's something that you know where it is every day. If you drive to work, sometimes you get there and you're like, oh, I don't even remember the drive. I know exactly where the phone is. I could get there in the dark. But in that moment, I couldn't think. And it reminds me of in business, you know, we know what to do when things are going well, right? We know, you know, oh, yeah, I need to be positive. I need to tap into my why. I need to find my passion, spark the joy, all of these things. But when we're in that you know, valley of despair, that slump, it's like, you don't know how to pull yourself out of it. So what would be some tips to get there? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, tell me that. I mean, and you're asking the great question of like what we all want, which is the how to. So for Brene, it's rumbling, it's curiosity and it's practice. It's those three things. I had to look it up to make sure I didn't misquote her because it's not my teaching, but the rumbling is that dynamic conversation, having people. So you guys, to me, this is community get into community. I don't know what community that is for you. I know what that looks like for me, but it can be everything from a Facebook page to a mastermind, to regular networking groups in your area, to joining a program, to joining, you know, uh, again, and in this virtual world that we're living in right now, like the ability to get into community has literally never been easier. So now I know that that's not the same. I will never be a professor that being with people digitally is a replacement for being with people and connected in personal space. Like that is the most ideal heart center to heart center all day long. Is it feasible for seven and a half billion people to move around and see each other that much and that regularly? No. So like, we're going to have to convert to doing a little bit more of this because it doesn't make sense for someone to fly half halfway around the world for two days of meetings. Like we can be smarter than that. Right. That when we're talking about get in community. So you that is so important because you need mirrors. You need to be in the arena with other people doing the same thing, getting their butt kicked so that they're able to help you along, extend their hand back when they're one step ahead. And then same thing, push, you know, allow you to do the same and then push you ahead when they're behind. Like whatever that is that works in community, we are tribe we're a tribe species. We're a tribal species. That's how we're intended to exist. So get in community and get in community with other high performing, high seekers, high achievers, you know, ensure that when you're checking the room, that it's diverse, that it's diverse in your passions. It's diverse in the level of intellect and experience. Like you want to experience those things and you want to put yourself in that community, stay curious. So ask people questions, like become the interviewer. You know, I'm notorious people will say like, oh my gosh, you have so many questions. Do you ever get stressed out? Cause like you think so much, like these are literal things people say. And I'm like, no, because people fascinate me. And whether you're in my industry or not, like you have something to teach me. You are gold. You have your own zone of genius. And I just want to be closer to you to like, you know, osmosis some of that. Like I want to take some of that in. And things are applicable in every arena. You have to just bring it in and like rumble around with it again. And then, so that's staying curious. And then the practice is doing that, committing to doing that over and over and over. So I know when you're saying when I'm triggered or when there's an experience where, you know, I know all of those things, but putting those things into action are like really impractical right now. Uh, I think about this in terms of my patients, because that's something that is an ongoing intentional arena in my life in which I am striving to show up better and better every day. Like, because when I am triggered, my immediate, like, I don't have a lot of patience. So when I'm triggered, I have more of like an explosive type tendency. That's me speaking real truth to the audience. Maybe you can see yourself a little bit in me. And the reality is that 
I, that's my reaction. So the explosiveness is the reaction. If I try to go there, I'm not working with anything different. So I have to dig deeper, which is staying curious with self. And I'm like, okay, so why did I feel the need to be explosive? Okay, well, because I was upset by X, Y, or Z. Okay, why did X, Y, or Z hurt me? What story am I telling myself that that pertains to in relationship, my larger, my whole self, my bigger identity? And so I have to look at that and get curious, like, oh my gosh, I got mad about that because I wrote the story that this now means I'm not a very hardworking person. And so that's where I have the work to do. So now I'm upset because the underlying story is I think people think I'm not a very hardworking person. I'm literally just making this up. And I have to get into, and for me, it's a journaling exercise. It's into breath. And so I believe in in breath and heart coherence, which is uh, attained through breath work. So I'm a believer in getting into breath and to really thinking about and allowing for a meditative clearing to this so that I can have guidance and, and understand where that deeper wound comes from. And so that's where I say like, that's where we can know all this stuff and it's easy to kick that aside. But for me, it's journaling, like getting in and being curious about my own, the own way that I showed up, why that happened, what triggered me, and then putting into place practices that I can, so that in like little almost catch out calls that are like ding, 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 like, oh, that feeling in your throat, you now know that you're triggered. Don't talk. Like the weird thing is that feeling in your throat, in your throat chakra, the reason it's tightening is because the, the whole world is telling you right now, you need more time, sis. This isn't you showing up in your highest power, like pause. So you start to become aware of these body triggers. And again, that's why I love Brene Brown, her work, because she really helped me to be able to access where in my body are these things showing up. I went on and expanded my own chakra understanding because of my own desire to understand that in self. And I was listening to you and I was also applying it. So Lindsay, that was gold because I have to also say that Like I was thinking about when you're saying dig deeper, I was thinking about how the other day I was triggered by my daughter not wanting to eat her vegetables, her zucchini, right? And like, you know, she eats it almost every week. So why I made it a little different. So that is that I kind of forgot about the cooking and it got a little like you ever run to the stove and you're like, oh, that was simmering down. It simmered a little too much. So I do acknowledge that it did look a little different. So she really wasn't loving the look, but I, instead of just being at like, it's different. She doesn't like it today. I almost made it a story in my mind that I'm not being appreciated because I, cause I was like, why is this? Why am I? So like, if there's a day she goes without her vegetables, the child's going to live. Right. But why was I frustrated about that? Because I was definitely insulted or something. I don't know. There was definitely, there was some things going on in me that I was just like, you know, why aren't you eating it? Like I was insulted. And so I made up a story about it and I had to figure that out. I didn't figure it out right away, but later I did when I reflected on it, I was like, why did I get upset about that? I think about when, just to add to when people are feeling self-doubt and one of the things that has helped me when when I'm feeling self-doubt, one of the things that's helped me is to think about what I've come through and past accomplishments, because I think we tend to forget 
how far we've come or other aspects of our life where we were really thriving because we're like, well, I'm not thriving in this aspect, in this new career or in this new journey. But remember all that you've come through and all of the great things that you've done in the past and help that fuel you to know that you can do it again. And so where would you like to take this conversation now in terms of, you know, what maybe Brene would say in, in moving through it or just, you know, anything. Cause I, this is so much gold already, but I feel like there still needs to be kind of like a bow tied on it or some action steps to kind of go. Yeah. I was just, that's funny that you say that because I was just going to say, we should give some action steps because as you recognize this, the reality is that again, recognizing it, okay, how do I really focus on that? How do I get centered in self? And so you're going to learn from me that I am a little bit woo. And so meet me there. And woo, by the way, does not for anyone that all that means is that I give it to a higher source. I meet you at higher source. I meet you at God. I meet you at the universe, wherever you are. So that is not a description of any one thing, but really truly to meet you in your highest place of praise, uh, prayer, if you will. And so with that, when we realize and we have that trigger to me, it is getting down, like truly a journal is the most explorative way. So I like to use Brene Brown's work with the story I'm telling myself and write down journal. And just so start with that. When you are triggered, when you act it out, this can happen as quickly as possible. It can be something that you're using in reflection as well. So it is okay, but to carve out the time, the story I'm telling myself, and then write it down so that you can see it. That is the prompt, guys. So you're going to write down the story I'm telling myself is dot, 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 and then just let your hand go. Don't overthink what you're telling yourself. Just write down anything that comes to mind and then go back. You can then really dig into it a little bit more later, but don't judge it and say, no, that's not the story I'm telling myself. Just write down the story I'm telling myself is, and just start, let the pen flow. Yeah. And really be honest with yourself. Like nobody has to read this. This is for you. So let those stories out because it's within those stories where you're going to find, you know, what I call like the wounded child. And so that's where we have to go back and gain that awareness. We have to see like, what story are we still carrying along with us that isn't serving us? Because I mean, I remember in psychology, what our interpersonal relationships 101, like first level of college class. They taught us that we are born whiteboards and sometimes people are writing on us with dry erase markers and sometimes it's impermanent marker, but that doesn't mean that label will always serve us. And it also doesn't mean that the lens that that label came through, meaning how that person sees you should any longer be identifying for you. So this is really about like designing yourself. How do you want to show up? So write that story. And then the best part is, is then I like to always encourage people look back in that story. And now I want you at minimum to share, you know, pick out the areas in which there's something measurable or you have something, but I want you to then write five to 10 ways in which this is untrue. So you are going to write down evidence of this untruth, things that you've already accomplished that prove that even if someone was saying this about you, it's not true. So if you're saying it in your head, it's also not true, right? And then you're going, then for me, it is to get a really firm I am statement in. And so this become, you know, some people call these mission statements. If you're a business, like you're, you know, it really is, but I call it a personal mission statement. Like, 
what is your I am statement? If you were to describe your highest self to someone. So if you were to say everyone in the world saw me in this fashion because of my behavior, because of my action, because of my intention, everyone would experience me in this described way. And then that becomes your I am statement. So after you do that journaling, you look yourself in the eyes, in the mirror, after doing six deep breaths. So I know we're going to break this down to numbered steps, but after six deep breaths, and then you're going to say your I am statement no less than three times. So first is the journal prompt. Like you said, do you want to do it? Cause I'll let you like repeat the steps to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. I love it. Yeah. So this is so good. Um, I, and I do that, that step time number two, I tell my students to do it too. We, I call it poking holes in the belief, right? Because sometimes, you know, it's hard to say that the whole belief is wrong. So I'll say, it's just like when people say, oh, this, you know, the sun isn't out today. Well, the sun is always out, right? Or it'd be an eclipse. It's just hid behind the clouds or so, you know, or that, you know, the sky is blue, but is the sky always blue? Sometimes it's pink and sometimes it's dark, you know, black, and sometimes it's, you know, gray. And so finding ways of like what that belief is that when you say, Marissa, she's in the UK, she says she gets rid of any statements that say always and never. So she says, there's not an always, there's not a never and definitives. And so poking holes. So I love that. So step number one is I say, what am I making this mean? But what was it again? What? Yeah. And this is Brene Brown, but I take no credit for it. The story I'm telling myself. The story I'm telling myself, right. Um, Which is similar to what do I make this mean? I, I, I say, what do I make? I tell my students to say, what are you making this mean about yourself? But the story I'm telling myself is the same type of thing, right? The story I'm telling myself is, I'll just use this as an example with my kids. The story I was telling myself was, I'm not appreciated. Okay. Now I did not get that at the beginning. (laughs) At the beginning, I thought this kid is not appreciating the vegetables and the hard work and she's being too picky. And I had all of these thoughts. Okay. So that's that I would do the journaling. I would say, okay, I realize I'm telling myself I'm not appreciated. When are the times that I am appreciated? I'm thinking of all the times they give me a hug and tell me, you know, I'm the best mommy. Thank you for being there. I helped them, you know, get ready today. And it was dress up as your favorite book character for school. And, you know, and so they had their, you know, one had her little costume. The other one wants nothing to do with it. But okay, so I can find ways where I am appreciated and I do feel appreciated. Okay, so I could do that exercise. Now I'm going to take six. Now I'm going to write down my I am statement. Yeah, well, and your I am statement will be a trolling statement. So I should say that. So you can borrow an I am statement for now, some powerful ones. I'm sure April that you have exposed your community to tons of affirmation statements. So they can you can borrow other ones to try on for size. I always say when they feel really good, those are the ones that are supposed to reside with you. But having a personal mission statement, this is like an extra, like an asterisk activity that you would input that data here, if you will, in this part of the step. And that's your, that's your, uh, your mission. You know, again, if you were your own brand, what is your mission statement? How would people describe you in, in your highest version of self? Love, love, love. Then I'm going to take six deep cleansing breaths and I'm going to say that into a mirror. So I'm going to look at my reflection, which is so, so good because then you're, 
you're, there's the whole, there's so many aspects to that, right? You're hearing yourself, you're seeing yourself. So you're like having those double and triple confirmations, right? Um, so you're saying it, you're hearing it, you're seeing it, and then you're going to say it three times. And that's super powerful. I love that. I've never come up with a personal mission statement. I write I am statements all the time. And I write I am statements in things that haven't happened yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, I am I am a best-selling author. I am whatever. I have no plans for writing a book for, you know, the next several years at least. But I do see that in my future at some point. But, you know, I write it as if it's already happened. So I do I am statements, but I love the mission one, having a mission. That's so good. Yeah. And I, so I'll just give you an example of like one, like my mission statement right now, not that yes. you have to use this one, but it's, um, and, and I'm like going to read it because I, it's here with me all the time. It's like, um, I have one right at my workstation. I have one on the mirror in my bedroom where I like have my part of my practice. I have one downstairs in my yoga area, but it is, I am grounded, confident, masterfully created for service, success, joy, and insurmountable love. So uh, can you say, wait, I'm sorry. It's so good. Can you say it again? Cause I heard it and now I really want to take it in. It's, okay, so, so, it's so good. April. I love that you say that because this is where on clubhouse have been doing a daily, you know, self love. It's just, it's a beautiful room. It's called soul care. And we've been saying them three times because we said the first time you hear it, the second time you feel it and the third time it really sinks in. So then that's why I do the three times in the mirror thing too. Yes. So I will say it again. I am grounded confidence, masterfully created for service, success, joy, and insurmountable love. Yeah, that is good. I'm going to have to borrow that because that is really Use it. Good. Yes, I love even just the beginning. I am grounded confidence. Just that part right there is just, oh, it's you can feel it. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I love it. All right, guys, you probably you should write it down. Rewind if you're doing if you're multitasking while listening to this. Definitely go back or rewind and write that down. And and here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to take a screenshot of the podcast or anywhere you write this down and tag both Lindsay and I on social media. What is your handle so they can tag you so we know that they wrote this down and or whatever their mission statement is. It doesn't have to be this one. Whatever your I am statement is, let us know you're doing it and where are they going to tag you? Uh, I am Lindsay and then underscore, which is the line com C O M for, because my website is lindsay.com. So Lindsay underscore com on Instagram. Oh my gosh. And I will repost everybody, every single person that does it, I'll be reposting you. Cause that will bring me so much joy. It would be the, yes. the greatest blessing to see those. And I will repost everyone too. <laughs> and then you can find, and if you're out multitasking, you'll find her, all of her handles and all of her contacts in the show notes for the podcast. Okay, so I want to also be mindful of your time, but what would make this complete? I feel like 
I'm so juiced by this. I'm like you. I love the selfishly. I love the, I mean, yes, it does help my audience, but selfishly, I love this because I love learning from other women and, and just the journeys. And even though, like I said, I listen to Brene Brown, it's always good to hear like other people's interpretations of it and to hear it again and come back to you. And it's a good reminder. And, and I love how I feel like you are really. You, you didn't just learn it. I feel like you really embody it. Like, I feel like you have really applied it, which is like a whole nother practice. <laughs> I'm like third time's a charm, but that's not true because I have so much more to apply. <laughs> so, you know, it is, it is life's work, but I think what I did is I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the idea of having the deepest relationship with myself. And putting that before all else, because that was the gift given to me. Wow. So, yeah. Well, and even Brene Brown herself is still learning. And, you know, she's always talking about the lessons that she's learning and what studies. So she's always, even though she's kind of helping us and, and shining the light on parts that she's learned and helping us navigate through it. She's also still talking about the parts where she feels that she has kind of stumbled or, uh, the F and first time and all of the things that she goes through, right? Like, you know, the, the parts that she says, you know, it's always hard when you do it the first time and now she's learning. So what would make this episode complete before we give them all the ways they can find you? What would be anything else that you would want to share from your heart or anything else that you feel um, that you would want to sum it up with? Oh my gosh, my final statements that I would want to make would be 100% that to fall in love with yourself, to truly, truly understand that it is not selfish, that we have been trained and programmed to believe that we are not enough and that our attention should be outward. And Also to give yourself grace because we haven't been taught to love ourselves for a long time. And so it is going to take time. And there's a lot of forgiveness in that because we have gone a long time really separating ourselves from this incredible essence of just life, of being given the gift of life and this, you know, this brain and these capabilities. And so forgive yourself often, find how to love yourself even amongst the mess. You don't have to be perfect. (laughs) You don't have to be perfect and you don't have to come in first in every arena, but remember that even your faults are with purpose. And that's all I'd really want to say. So, so good. Yeah. I've learned the most from my faults and failures and fall downs and all of the stuff, right? Not that you want to go through it again. Don't give me the lesson again, Lord, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, it was so good. Oh, I cannot thank you enough. It was beautiful. Um, It was like just when we even had that little, you know, voice messages going back and forth. It was like I was excited about it then. I needed to remember why I was, you know, what was going to happen. But it was was just beautiful and magical. And so thank you so much for sharing. Where can they find you? Where can they get in touch with you? And well, we already said where they're going to send in their picture, where they're going to screenshot. So (laughs) just reminding you guys, we're not letting you off the hook. We want to see your I am statement and that you're, you're practicing it and you can take a little screenshot and tag us, but then where else could they connect with you? Oh my gosh. I'm so approachable. Instagram on every platform, lindsayah.com or lindsayah underscore.com. I'm on YouTube, but very, very new there with preliminary videos. 
at Instagram. You can hit me up in the DMs. You can email me at hello at lindsaya.com. You can head to the website. I'm easy to find. There's only really one Lindsaya. So <laughs> come locate me and any questions, any way I could ever be of help. It would, again, it would be my highest honor. So. Yay. So good. Those are the benefits of having a unique name. You can show up to the platform late and you can still get your username, right? I love it. <laughs> the only the dot com thing is what that's the only part because some don't allow you to have the dots. So you have to have the underscore there. Right. And Lindsay A was taken because somebody named Lindsay Ann, I'm sure, got it before me, oh. but that's okay. <laughs> but my website is just lindsayalindsaya.com. So that's easy. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. It was so good. So guys, thank you again for tuning in to another episode and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about and also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.